Hello and welcome to another episode of All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team, in case you need reminding. And only the best teams concede with seconds on the clock, as we did in our draw against Newcastle. <laughs> More on that in a moment. We'll also pick a manager for our all-time Aston Villa Perfect Eleven. What a hallowed task that is. And of course, there's the back-in-time quiz where the ultimate winner will get a free Nando's courtesy of the losers. So I am your host, George Zelinski. As always, I'm joined by two lifelong villains. Firstly, we have, as ever, Roisin Mendonca. Hello, Roisin. Hello, George. You all right? I'm good, thank you. And Frankie Maguire. Hello, Frankie. Hey, George. How you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you know, in Wales, we are now allowed to travel uh, f- uh, in a five-mile radius from our own oh, address. Nice. So wow. think how many cats I'll be able to see in, you know, in that <laughs> space, Frankie. <laughs> you jealous? You jealous? Pretty jealous, yeah. Um, yeah, what have I done this week? I finished watching The Terror, um, which is about as bleak as our uh, performance against uh, <laughs> teams that are battling relegation. But uh, yeah, no, it's been quite quite a week, really. Rasheen, have you been doing anything particularly exciting in lockdown? I was back at school, um, oh, which was chaos. Um, uh, the most the most interesting thing I think I've heard in my weekend it was that story that they told yesterday during the match about Dean Smith and a babysitter having the nineteen eighty two European Cup in their living room. Yeah, um, it. it it reminded me of I think I've told you boys before um, of my this kind of f- famous photo in my family of, of my mom when she was a baby in the FA Cup. Um, it was my mom's born in '56, and when when we won the FA Cup in '57, they had greengrocers in Aston, and they had the players lodging. Can you imagine the players nowadays lodging in their local greengrocers? Um, <laughs> no. so, so my, my nan and granddad had the players lodging above the greengrocers um, and they just popped up up to Whitehead Road in Aston and, <laughs> and bought the FA Cup with them, um, sat the baby in it and, and took a family photo. I, can you imagine <laughs> that today? I'll tell you I what, mean, I Love that. Love that story. There, just, wasn't there a story as well? We, we won the FA Cup in like the 19th, the end of the 19th century, early 20th. And some bloke just put it in a shop window and it got nicked. Got and nicked, never seen yeah. again. I just, just, <laughs> it's such different times. Like, I just can't imagine now, like when we win, when we win the Euro- European Cup in kind of two years time, can you just imagine <laughs> Jack Grealish bringing it back to Soliol, <laughs> taking it out down Dickens Heath? Do you know what I mean? In, in, a, weird, in a weird way, I think I can. <laughs> Sticking it in the window at McDonald's down Solihull High Street. Yeah. Wake up the next morning and it's gone. Never seen again. Last seen in Touchwood. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well. 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 There we are. Let's. 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 Let's digest then um, the game yesterday. Newcastle won. Aston Villa won. Rasheen, what did what did you make of the game? Oh, do you know what? I would have been better off spending those two hours getting Harry and Meghan on repeat and watching all that again. Honestly, <laughs> that would have been more interesting. I don't. I don't look. I don't want to sit here and be negative, but like you know, if you'd have told me last season that we were going to be sitting comfortably and for a prolonged amount of time in ninth position in the mm. Premier League, um, you know, I would have bitten your hand. I would have bitten your hand off. Um, but I think, you know, those those first four matches, it, maybe it just got expectations kind of too high. Um, but it did show that we could do it. We were exciting and we were interesting and, and we could be the best teams. Um, but it seems that everyone else has cottoned on to the way we play now. 
And I don't think it's it's just about Jack Grealish because we were inconsistent before he was injured. Um, but, you know, obviously that's that's got a part to play. So, you know, clearly we didn't have the creativity in midfield to kind of make those chances. But even if we did make those chances, are we just lacking up front? Um, defensively, well, I know yesterday there were problems in, in clearing it, um, you know, clearing it or playing out from back, it, it, you know, didn't really work for us um but generally we're you know we're really really good in defense and and all credits kind of John Terry's and and the players obviously they've tightened us up at the back but we are we're not a threat um up front and I li- right listen to this I have a theory about football do you want to hear it yes please um it is that you have to not let goals in mm-hmm. and you have to score goals and okay. Right, and for many years, I, I don't think the Villa managers kind of got my theory. Um, and, and I thought that Dean Smith had. I really thought he got it. And I just, I, I don't think he does. Um, um, I don't know what's going on, Frankie. What do you make of it all? It was an incredibly tedious game. Uh, and I feel incredible sympathy if that's what Newcastle fans have to endure week in and week out because it was really not fun. And it's pretty much the first game I've watched this season where I thought, this is really, really dull. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, as you said, Roisin, to, have, to be in the position we are in in the league, considering where we've been very recently, it's really good. Um, and as you say, the first four games, they sort of set us up as like, this, we could go and do something really special this season. Um, I think, in truth, what we're witnessing is probably the limitations of our squad. You know, we seem to get to the final third and it's kind of a very repetitive pass it back to McGinn, cross it in, doesn't do anything, out to target, um, it, crossing it in again, Elmo crossing it in. It's, it's the same thing over and over again. And it sometimes just feels like maybe we need someone closer to Ollie Watkins threading balls through and bringing out a few more intelligent balls. Now, obviously, that's Jack Grealish. Um, you would hope it would be someone like Ross Barkley to step up at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, what's, what I would say is that whilst we're not in the best form at the moment and we look very predictable going forward, what I would say is this is a good opportunity for Dean Smith to work out how we play without Jack Grealish because obviously Jack Grealish is an unbelievable player. We have to base our attack around him, but we also now have to learn how to play without him. And at the moment, it looks to me like we're still working that out. And this could actually turn into a positive, whilst it's not the best time in the last few games. This could turn into a positive if Dean Smith can learn from it, work out exactly what we need to do and change it up going forward when Grealish isn't available. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a good way of of looking at it, really, because ultimately, you know, Grealish isn't going to be around... uh, forever i mean i hope i hope that he he stays with us i'm not suggesting that he'll he'll move on but you know players players will get older and and you know who knows who knows what his injury situation is going to be like moving forward so you've just got to you've just got to plan you can't rely on one player obviously you need to have a plan b and at the moment we're still trying to work out what that plan b is um you're right frankie it was a tough watch you know like the terror um i think i thought, I thought, Ming, I thought mings made um made uh, Joe Linton look like Adriano at times. Um, but but, but I'm not, I don't want to like, uh, yeah, I don't want to like um, dismiss Mings. Happy birthday, Tyrone, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he, he didn't have the best of, best of games. Concert, again, was, was, was excellent. He was excellent, wasn't he? Really, the uh, best player on the pitch for us, I think. I think uh, so, yeah. By a mile. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I sound a bit like a broken record, but obviously we're missing we're missing Grealish. Um, I think when Traore went off, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a shame because he's he is one of those players that's just a bit unpredictable. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're talking about how predictable we were, as you say, it was target hitting balls into the box and Elmo and and you know McGinn sort of passing it around the the you know the outside of the area. At least at least Traore he tries to sort of jink his way into the box and he looks you know kind of dangerous. So that was that was a problem. El Ghazi. Obviously, I don't think he was that fit. Was he? he had a he had a toe injury? I think he was still coming back from. So it didn't stop he, him from firing constant shots into, <laughs> no, into the Newcastle no, defence. No, it didn't. Yeah, having, I'll try it having, again. Having an injured toe clearly makes a man do strange things. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like it just it just wasn't to be. But to be fair, you know, you could say if we won that game one 0 which we absolutely don't think deserve to. We'd come away with that thinking, oh, what a gritty performance that was. You know, another clean sheet and a, yeah, a, a yeah, victory yeah. on the road. So, you know, but for 10 seconds at the, at the very end of the game, it, it means that we're talking about a different game, aren't we? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay positive, all right? It's Good. time. It's time I think Ross Barkley was better. Yeah, he did play better. Do you better. guys agree? Yeah, I, think, he was, yeah, yeah. I, thought he, I thought he did enough to warrant another start, possibly against Tottenham, although it'll be interesting, we'll talk about that later, but it'll be interesting to know what tactics we have against Tottenham. But something I wanted to say actually was, um, yesterday was a game where I thought we saw how much we've relied on Ollie Watkins as well. And Watkins to me, that was his worst game for Villa. And look, I love Watkins. I think when we're going to see him live at Villa Park, we're all going to fully appreciate just how amazing he is as a presence, you know, defending from the front, getting into positions with goals. But yesterday was a game where he really struggled. He couldn't hold the ball up at all. Um, mm. And it just looked to me where I wondered, he's played, I think, every minute of every game this season in the Premier League, I think. Yeah. And he's got the hardest job on the pitch. Yeah. Endless amounts of energy he's having to exert. There does come a point where you think, you know, if we had another striker or a backup option or, or Wesley, let's say, mm-hmm. that could have given us another, another option that I think Ollie himself possibly might even need, you know, he, he, he wouldn't think that he, he would want to play every single game and he, he has every right to because he's been brilliant for us but yesterday was a game where I did think Wesley would have been a really effective option because Wesley was a good hold-up player and if maybe Ollie could play off Wesley and maybe that would you know give Ollie more of a chance to be the guy who's just going for the goals rather than always having to do everything like holding it up and finding goals as well you know I, I don't know it's just a thought yeah I think I, I think completely um, agree. yeah I, 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 I agree I, I think Obviously, as we all know, um, it's the attack where we need to strengthen. I, I think in January, you know, we were saying, you know, we needed to get an, an, another attacker in. And clearly, you know, it, as far as this season goes, we do. But I think Smith is playing the long game here, isn't he? I think he's, you know, you, you, you are restricted in January ultimately, ultimately by, um, you know, whether you can get value for money in the transfer market. And I think Smith was looking at it thinking, we're doing well. We, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get this season done. We're going to be safe. We're going to be in a Premier League team again next year. Let's look to the summer and let's properly invest and spend the right money on the right players. So, you know, in Dean, we trust. In Dean, we trust. Always. All Villa, no filler. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time again for this. The perfect eleven.
It's the Perfect 11, which I am hosting this week. This is a feature where we build our best ever Aston Villa Perfect 11. If you didn't know by now, last week we completed our lineup 1 to 11 with Gabby at Bonglehor up front. We can't just send these men out there without the perfect manager, can we? So, Frankie, who have you chosen to be the man to look over this team? I've seen a lot of managers at Villa, particularly in the last decade. Um, and some of them have been have had some really good spells and others um, perhaps not. Um, but I thought to myself, you know, what is it that sets Liverpool and Manchester United apart from almost every other club in the, co- in the country? And my thinking is that what happened at Liverpool and United was that they both had managers who developed a kind of cult of personality and who um, were larger than life and eventually kind of defined what those clubs are. So at Liverpool, they had Bill Shankly, right? And so much of what we know of Liverpool is related to what he envisaged for that club. And following that, they then had Bob Paisley, Kenny Dalglish, then a barren spell. And then, they, you know, the more recently they have Jurgen Klopp and they have Benitez and all that. And then Manchester United had the Busby Babes. They had Matt Busby. They, he left, then another lean spell and really didn't refine themselves until Alex Ferguson came in. So those are massive characters you have as managers that really turn teams into something special. And I thought to myself, Aston Villa, who is our equivalent of that? And I'm not sure we have anyone who's quite at that level but perhaps somebody who's as close as we've got would probably have to be, I think, Ron Saunders. So I never saw Ron Saunders. None of us did. Obviously, he was before our time. But our parents' generation would have witnessed a really great period of time under his management. So he came in right on the tail end of our worst ever period, right? Eight seasons out the top flight. We'd all, we were the most successful club in the country, I think, at that point when we got relegated in the mid-60s. We didn't just get relegated once. We then went down to the third division. Um, then we came back up as the first division and after eight years outside of the championship, the old division one, sorry, um, he got us in his first full season promoted. And in that same season, we won the league cup. So got us back into the top flight, reestablished us in the top 10 for the next six to seven years. Two years later, we won the league cup again. So he's a man who redefined what Villa were. You know, we could very easily have drifted off and spent decades down in those sort of, that sort of region. But he redefined what we were and made us believe, again, that we are a team that belongs up here, who belongs winning trophies. And after constant improvements, after overhauling the team, bringing in players like Andy Gray, you know, players like Brian Little played under him. Then you had Gary Shaw come through later on and Peter With came in. After six or seven years of him being there, him getting us promoted, we won the league. He's the last Villa manager to win the league in a, in a period of time when Liverpool were the team, you know? Um, and then the season after, he got us to the quarterfinals of the European Cup. And very sadly, he, he fell out with the board and resigned. And it was, uh, I think it was Tony uh, Barton who led us on to the, uh, you win the European Cup in 1982, as we've said a million times before. <laughs> um, but Ron Saunders was very much the man who got us there. And I, it wouldn't have been possible without him. Um, he then, you know, after he left the Villa, he went on to uh, Birmingham City, which, you know, is... A, he's out. He's out. Yeah, it's controversial. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, he, um, you know, he got Birmingham promoted um, and then he went on to West Brom after them. So, but look, I think Ron Saunders will always be associated with Villa. And looking back on it, I wasn't there to see it. But when you look at the, the facts and what he did and what we won, I just can't help but think that he's one of the most important managers in Aston Villa's history. Yeah, but he's not Remy Card, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're talking about cult personality, like Tim Sherwood, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, wow. Okay, stirring stuff there, Frankie. Wow, that was that was. You really <laughs> took us down a down a little uh, sort of potted history of that was. <laughs> yeah, Rasheen. I, I always, I always think the person who goes first in this has a little bit. I don't know. Has a little bit of an advantage because they really set the tone. Frankie's yeah, really set the pace. He has, and he's kind of stolen a lot of what I was going to say. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you picked Ron Saunders as well. <laughs> Um, look, I haven't picked Ron Saunders, but if we're talking about managers bringing us up and managers transforming a team, of course, I have absolutely picked Sir Dean. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a Villa fan and he has been for life. Let's get that in there straight away. He, his whole family, God bless him, we all know about his dad in lockdown, absolute Villa fans through and through. And for that alone, as I've said many times, you know, I would whack him in that team. I think that means a lot. Um, but in terms of his achievements, picked us up after Steve Bruce had steadied that ship. But I don't think we were, we were well, we weren't going to go much further under Steve Bruce, were we? Um, and it was when he, when he did pick us up, I think it was the last year of those parachute payments, right? We'd been in the championship for a few years um, and, and you could only see it kind of going downhill from there. But he steadied us further and we went up and up and up and up. And he steered us through and got us up to the Premier League, just like Frankie was saying um, with Ron Saunders. Um, now, I think that was partly due to his relationship with Jack Grealish. And I said before that I think that was an absolute masterstroke from him, bringing perhaps a, a slightly unpredictable young man um, who wasn't quite, you know, there was a lot of controversy around Jack Grealish's private life and whether he was a serious player um, and giving him that sense of responsibility. I think that was, that, and centering that team around him, I think that was a risk from Dean Smith, Dean Smith. And I think it was one of the reasons that we were able to get back up um, because he's a great, fantastic, passionate leader. And I don't think that that could have happened without that relationship. And I actually think Dean, Dean Smith seems to have fantastic relationships with all the players. Um, we Coming up to the Premier League, we hadn't done well in years. Let's be honest, before we went down, it was, you know, it was... Rubbish, you know, it was rubbish for years and years and years. Um, and and last year it, it was about staying up. Now, when we came back on Project Restart, whatever he did, he obviously kind of diagnosed his problems quite well. And those last four matches, he made sure that we tightened up at the back. And, and like I just said, in, uh, you know, in the first segment, our defence is is solid this year so not only has he got good relationships with players he's clearly allowed John Terry to flourish and from being a fantastic defender you know one of the best defenders arguably England's probably ever seen um to being a fantastic coach as well and I think that that comes from Dean Smith and that and that support and allowing John Terry to grow and work with those lads um as I say, I don't think we would be where we are now without him. And we've just discussed those kind of signings he made um, last year and coming into January. It's very much about what we need at the time. And he's in it. We know he's in this for the long haul. He loves the villa. Um, I think he seems respectful, but not a pushover. He'll say when that's not good enough. Um, but he, he clearly respects those players. Um, and again, like I said earlier in, in, in the show, if you'd have told me that we would be ninth in the Premier League at this time in the season, I'd have absolutely, you know, I'd have rolled with it. Um, it's, it's our best season in years, let's be honest. So I, 
honestly think there can be no other man to steer our perfect 11 apart from Sir Dean. <laughs> well, well, hey, Very listen, guys, you've, 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 again, well said, well said, bravo. Um, thank it's, you, thank you. It's, it's, ah, God, this, yeah, this is actually... A lot of similar kind of... Yes, I mean, I, the, way I, the, way, the way you're both describing it, I almost see Smith as almost like Saunders protege like Saunders is this kind of you know he, he's 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 the top dog but then waiting in the wing just to take over the pet the Bob Paisley to his Bill Shankly is um <laughs> is is uh is Dean Smith um and, he, and that gilet that gilet, and gilet of course I mean I, I, I maybe Ron Saunders wore a gilet in the, <laughs> in the 70s <laughs> were gilets a thing in the 70s I don't know um, like maybe the same time waistcoats were, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fra- Frankie, flares. you were a lot then. Yeah. So yeah. It was uh, all about all about flares back in them days. <laughs> flares, flares and G-lays. <laughs> um so yeah, like uh, it is it is hard. I mean I always say when I'm picking the players, I always go on what I've seen on the pitch. And um for me, in terms of the best managers that I've I've seen at the club, in terms of the excitement they give me, it's between two, I would say. It would be between Smith and Brian Little. Um, Brian Little, I know, is quite young, but he—I mean—we had a great team under him, and, and we, that was obviously the last time that we won something was under under Brian Little. Um, but Smith has got to got us to a final. Um, he has rescued us uh, when I thought we were down and out after Tony Gia and Di Matteo and Bruce and Cabbage Gate, all that nonsense. You know, he has come in and just steadied everything and got us playing some excellent football. So. It's one of those ones where I look at Ron Saunders in terms of his achievement during his career, and obviously, you know, he sadly passed away recently. And I can look at that and I can say, you know, this is what he's actually achieved. So for Smith, for me, I think I'm going to lean towards Saunders here. But but Smith is Smith would be like his assistant. Oh, I like that. Hang on, can we just clarify? You've fully duped me here. I thought you were going Smith. Have you chosen Saunders? I've chosen <gasps> chosen Ron Saunders. I've chosen Ron, Ron Saunders is is you know Frankie's face. He's really? we're looking. Listen, Ron Saunders. Essentially, I know Tony Barton was the one who was actually managing us when we won the European Cup, but we would have been nowhere near that competition if it wasn't for Ron Saunders. Um, so you know, it's it's got to be Big Ron, the other Big Ron, not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's I think. Um, what you said there is really interesting because Dean Smith got us promoted into a League Cup final in really quick space of time. Yes. And Ron Saunders did exactly the same. Yeah. And has steadied us as like a. T- and it's, it's almost like Dean Smith within a couple of years will be, if he follows Ron Saunders' trajectory, we're winning the Premier League in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, we'll have this debate again and I might pick yeah. Dean Smith. So it's just, you know. It, I'm 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 going to go with Saunders. It's he's he is the man to look after this team, and you know I can totally see him, you know Morley, Atkinson, Hutton, yeah, looking looking up to him. Yeah. <laughs> would, one question: Would he put Grealish as the captain, or yes. are we going to go McGrath? I would go oh. McGrath, or is this a debate for next week? I well, if we if is, we have any if any listeners well, think. Well, I'd probably go McGrath captain, captain, but Ron Saunders would probably make Dennis Mortimer captain because I think they were together, weren't they, as a as a manager and player. So, well, if anyone has any ideas, George might be right in terms of letting us know. Yeah, getting in yes. contact. Um, but I'm just going to put it out there now. I'd go McGrath. Yeah, I think I'd go the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go. I'd go Hudson. 
You're listening to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast about the greatest football team on earth. We'd love to hear your views on the perfect 11 and whether it's Ron Saunders or Dean Smith as manager, just get in touch on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game now. It's Tottenham at home next Sunday. Rasheen, how do you see that one going? Oh, I don't see it going anywhere apart from Tottenham's way. I don't want to be negative on this podcast, but even Gareth Bale's turned back into the old Gareth Bale now. I know, what's happened? What has happened? As if Son and Kane weren't enough, I, I, they are like an attacking force to be reckoned with. When Bale came back and he, and he wasn't what he used to be, um, I, you know, maybe the two of them could be managed, but with all three of them, I just... I, I think as as good as our defence is this year, I'm I'm probably more worried for this match than I have been kind of the whole season. I'm usually like quite. I hold the faith. I hold the faith, but I I'm not sure I'm feeling it at the moment. It is. I mean, it is a is a whole week away, and you know, every day that goes by, Grealish's leg gets better. <laughs> you know, could he be could he be fit? In contention yeah, for this game, that, yeah, good point. I mean, if if he is back, um, you know, obviously that would give me kind of you know hope that that we might be able to create something at least. I I, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, um, but if we can create something and we can attack, um, then great. Um, but you know, you boys have said it. We can't just rely on Jack Grealish um, if he doesn't come back um, and. I'm not sure what's going on with Triore either. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the opposite to my theory, boys. You know, the whole I mean, no. st- yeah, stop them going in at the back and score them at the front. It, yeah. I think it might just be the other way around. I think we might let them in at the back and not score them at the front. But I hope I, hope I am proven wrong. It's a sound theory. Uh, I think every <laughs> manager, any prospective manager listening should really take note of, you know, scoring yeah, more than... get me on do. the managing team. I know, get, get you in there. Yeah. But, like, I, I, um, I, I'm with you. I think, um, I think Traor... Uh, the thing is, at the start of the season, we were very fortunate in terms of our injury record. We didn't really have much in the way of injuries, and we were playing the same team week in, week out, and getting good results. But... You know, we've had we've had niggly ones here and there, and we, you know, uh, Barkley was injured and hasn't really come back into any sort of form. And Cash has been out for a while now, and I know he's on the bench, but you know, he's, he's not he's not been playing. And now we have Triore potential issue against Spurs. Greenish obviously out for a long time. So, yeah, that's 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 a, a problem. Frankie, are you are you doom and gloom or um, uh, sunshine not... and sweets? Uh, <laughs> I'm always doom and gloom. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> I was born doom and gloom on, on Wednesday. Child is full of hope. You uh, never, you've never been sunshine and sweet, have you? Uh, <laughs> uh, we um, tend to have done quite a bit better against the teams that are higher up the table. Not that Tottenham are much higher up at the moment, but yes, they are now in a little bit better form with Bale coming back into it. He's, um, Son and Kane. That's obviously a very, very difficult front line to stop. We could, though, potentially approach it how we did the Leeds game. Maybe Marvellous comes back in. Maybe we sit a little bit deeper and let them come at us, and then we hit them on the counter-attack, which might actually benefit us a little bit better. And to be honest, when I've seen other teams do that to Jose Mourinho over the last sort of forever, 
his teams don't always seem to cope that well with it. Um, when you play Mourinho in the way Mourinho tends to play other teams, it does, it, sometimes they don't seem to react too well to it. But, you know, it's, um, yes, Tottenham are looking now like they're starting to get it together again with Bale. But um, I think our defence is strong enough to hold out. Um, it's going to be really difficult. But uh, as I say, I think, you know, maybe we'll, we'll throw a bit of a curveball at them. Maybe someone like Marvellous does come back in. But then again, you know, does it mean that Ollie Watkins is going to be isolated up front again and we're um, lacking a bit of creativity? Or do we bring in Ross to play a little bit closer to him and give him a bit more help? Uh, you know, one thing I'll say about the Tottenham game, though, is that, you know, we still have the, the horror show of what happened last season sort of in the back of my mind a little bit with that... Um, Last-minute winner from Son. Yeah. But, you know, revenge its, uh, it's can be sweet. So let's aim for that next week. Let's do it. Yeah, that kind of like killed Engels' Villa career. Didn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I'm, I'm interest, interested to see if Ramsey will start. I thought he struggled a little bit against Newcastle. Um, I, think, I think he's a great prospect. I think he just needs to be slowly kind of eased into the team. Um, I, I would be surprised if I saw him start next week. I think I think it could be a game for Barkley to start, as you say, yeah. and and you know continue to try and prove the doubters of which I am one wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go. And, and as you said, Frankie, we we the teams we struggle at, struggle against aren't the ones you'd think we would. As in yeah. the better teams, it's always teams like as I said before, Newcastle, Sheffield United, Brighton, Burnley. The teams scrapping at the bottom is where we struggle. So. Um, who knows? We're, we're inconsistent and therefore we'll win 3 0. <laughs> okay, this is where things get competitive. It's the back in time quiz, where, as the title implies, we'll take a journey back in time to see how much George and Frankie really know about the villa. As ever, we're playing for the Townsend Trophy, named after Aston Villa legend Andy Townsend. And whoever wins the quiz takes hold of the trophy. And by the end of the season, whoever's won the title the most wins a free Nando's. The catch being that the losers have to buy it for them. Okay, before we go any further, boys, um, we're going to talk buzzers. Frankie, I'm guessing you're going with Fenton. Always. And let's see what George has got in store for us this week. I'm going to go Agath. Didier Agath. Right, sure. Okay, so Fenton and Agath. Now, um, I'm taking inspiration from the kind of strange Villa Cups in Random Places stories. Um, And we are a team with plenty of silverware, um, albeit gathering a bit of dust at the moment. So, boys, it's time to remind ourselves of the good times. Uh, and we're going back to Frankie's era, uh, 1893-94 season, um, when Villa first win the league with 44 points. 30 games played, how many games did we win? Oh, gosh. Um, Benton. Oh, he's done the math. Let's see what you got, Frankie. Was it 22? Wasn't 22, Frankie. It wasn't 22. We didn't. We did. We got some draws as well. I'm afraid. Oh. Okay. A, a gaff. Come on, George. I'm going to go 17. It wasn't. It was Ooh. 19 wins. So at two points a game, that's 38 plus six 
Draws. Frankie, you had a season ticket that year. How do you not know? Yeah, I know. It was a very different definition to the magical 40 points of that in that era. I meant winning the league, not relegation. <laughs> yeah, we're almost there, boys. One more win. Yeah. We've done it. <laughs> um, right, okay, so it's still nil-nil. We're moving forward to a year we're all more comfortable with. It's 2001. George, it's the year Kelly Clarkson travelled to LA to pursue her music career. What a year for you. Incredible year. I, I, I just thought of special years for you both for this quiz. I'll tell you what, um, when, 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 when lockdown ends, I'm going straight to a Clarkson concert. <laughs> uh, look, it was a special year for me as well. Ja Rule released his seminal album, Pain Is Love, uh, changed music forever. Um, now, also a seminal year as Villa win the Intertoto Cup. What was the score on aggregate? Against? Uh, against the team that we beat <laughs> twice Benson. in a row, in two legs. Oh, the winning score. Was it? <laughs> Go oh. on, Frankie. Was it like 3-1? Yeah. It wasn't, I'm afraid. Oh. It wasn't you know what? If, 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 if Frankie got that one right, I would have called foul because he didn't say Fenton. <laughs> but luckily, you got that wrong, Frankie. Um, go on, so I'm, go I'm, on, I'm, I'm going to say a gaff, and then I'm going to say 4-2. You were so close, George. You were so close. It was 1-1 first leg and 4-1 mm. the second leg. It was 5-2. Oh. oh, I'm so sorry. It's still nil nil. Are these too hard? Are these questions too hard? I mean, do you know what? It's because I always lose. I'm just trying to make you guys... <laughs> feel the pain as well. I think um, I've, re I've reached the limit of my Aston Villa knowledge in this Well, <laughs> it was one from Vassell, two from Angel, and the winner was from David Ginola in that second leg. What a year, eh? I've never heard oh, yeah. you two so silent in this clip. <laughs> we are going back to that famous 1957 FA Cup victory. Um, it was the year the Today programme was first broadcast. Um, homosexuality was legalised in the UK. Fantastic mm -hmm. news. Um, and Villa won the Cup for a record seventh time. Uh, Pete McParland scored both goals for Villa. Who did we beat? McGath. Was it Man United? He's got a goal! It's won oh. the George! We beat United! Fantastic! They did get you know, a conciliatory goal, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I remember that because wasn't it McPartland, they injured, he injured their goalkeeper. But back in the 50s, I think you only had like one sub, which they already made. So they, they put their left wing in goal. Oh. <laughs> or something bizarre like that, yeah. Frankie, we're moving to 1994. It's oh, yeah. Chinese year of the dog. Um, it's the year that E17 and Mariah Carey went head to head for the Christmas number one. Ooh. Yeah, E17 won. Mariah of Carey course. had to wait yeah. until 2020 to get that yeah. Christmas number one. Brilliant. Obviously, we enter in the second round. We go on to win the League Cup at the old Wembley via our deadly duo, Dean and Dalian. Um, I'm not interested in who we beat in the final. Um, I'm interested in who we beat in the second round. Wow. <laughs> I think uh, we're going to win this one on. minute, I reckon. It's, it's um, a team that I love to beat. If there's one team I love to beat more than Man United, it's this team. Fenton. Go on, Frankie. Birmingham. You know it. It was those horrible it was, three races it? down yeah. the road. We beat Birmingham City. Yeah. Um, and it's of course, we now. went on to beat Man United in the final. Uh, yeah. It's 1-0. I, I was at that game. I was there, top, top tier at Wembley. 
Which for the final? Yeah, yeah, I was at that game, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Okay. Right. Um, final question. How are you feeling? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, right, so it's one all. One all. It's one all. This is the decider. Oh, this is where Frankie pips it, isn't it? But come on. Let's, Let's have it. Let's see. Um, we're going to 2019. Mariah Carey still doesn't have her number one after all those years. She had to wait another year. Disgrace. <laughs> COVID 19's yet to change our lives forever. Um, and we win in the playoff finals. Uh, it's 2 1 to Villa. I want to know who was man of the match. Oh, a gaff. Oh, I'm, I'm, let's I'm, hear I'm, it. Who was man of the match? Was. was it? Well, I mean, I, mine is more of a guess, but I'm going to say it was John McGinn. Super John McGinn. No, I can't. No. This wee Scottish man. He's better than Zidane. George, you're right. We've no, got John McGinn no. and he was man of the match in the playoff final. Oh, no. I thought it was El Ghazi. No. First <laughs> oh. goal scorer was El Ghazi. Second goal scorer was John McGinn. And he was man of the match. Well done, oh, George. I don't believe it. You're taking the trophy back. No. no. I feel I feel like that time Wigan beat Man City in the FA Cup. <laughs> Incredible. My Nando's is just eking away from me. <laughs> okay, that's it from us for this week. I'm going to go home and polish my Townsend trophy. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Alinsky. See you next week, Rasheen. Bye, George. Up the villa. Up the villa and uh, commiserations, Frankie. I'll see you next week. <laughs> I am going to be like Liam Neeson and Taken. I'm going to be at your house taking that trophy back somehow, <laughs> some way. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and it's goodbye from me. We'll be back next week to talk over the Spurs game, as we mentioned. But until then, come on, you Villa boys from Aston. Mm-hmm.